I think a lot of people will love to know that HPV generally, for the most part, can be cleared very, very easily within one year of that positive screen, probably even before that. But we know from the data, 90% of HPV will go away. Mm-hmm. And if you're wondering, oh my gosh, what if I fall into that 10% that doesn't? Am I going to die from cervical cancer? No. In fact, if you applied a lot of what you just described and a lot of what we teach in our program, you're going to lower that risk of, of being in the yeah. 10% down to like mm-hmm. nil, maybe nothing. Yeah. Welcome to Living 4D with Paul Check. Paul's guests in this episode are Dr. Nathan Riley and Megan Lindquist. Megan, or Mimi to her friends, is the host of the Medicine Podcast, where she and her life partner Chase help others proactively create deep, passionate partnership supported by a healthy and conscious lifestyle. With her background as a clinical dental hygienist, culinary nutrition expert, AHCC educator and mushroom enthusiast, she has been helping others prevent disease for over 12 years now. Over the last four years, Mimi's work has led her to educating and supporting women from all over the world who are diagnosed HPV positive, but receiving no real solutions from conventional medicine. Dr. Nathan Riley is a dual board certified OBGYN, Czech practitioner, writer, and father to two little girls. Although a conventionally trained physician, Nathan is very unique in that he attends home births and provides root cause approaches to a variety of women's health issues. He left the conventional medical model so he could offer additional healing modalities to his clients, including anthroposophical and functional medicine. He is the co-creator of the Born Free Method, the most comprehensive and unique childbirth education program on the planet, as well as Clear and Free, your holistic solution to persistent HPV, a collaborative effort with Mimi. Nathan is also the host of the Holistic OBGYN podcast. A big thank you to our premier sponsors, Bioptimizers, Organifi, and Paleo Valley, our podcast sponsors, Ned and Wild Pastures, and our preferred product sponsor, Peak Life. Their support is essential in producing this podcast, and we hope you will show your support by visiting them online and trying all the amazing products they produce. Please check the show notes for links and details on discounts. The topic of today's podcast is Unveiling HPV, What You Need to Know. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Living 4D. Today, we're going to have quite a serious conversation. The title of the show today is Unveiling the Human Papilloma Virus, What You Need to Know. What you need to know first is this is the most commonly transmitted, sexually transmitted infection. And I know a large percentage of my audience is males. So don't make the mistake of thinking that we're not talking to you because every one of you knows women of many ages, and hopefully most of you make love to women, and just turns out that men are very commonly carrying this virus and don't even know they have it, but it shows up in men as things like genital warts. So you definitely want to listen to this, and this is not just a podcast that's designed to scare you, but it's designed to tell you there's a lot of natural solutions. And my guests today are returning guest Nathan Riley, MD, our family OBGYN, one of the smartest, best doctors I ever met. And I don't give that comment out lightly. No, you don't. And also Mimi Lindquist, who is one of the most amazing women I ever met, who's done a lot of research into this issue. 
and her and Nathan have worked together to create a comprehensive training program to give you solutions and teach you how to live in ways that minimize your risk of having this challenge and being confident that if you do, there's many, many optimal solutions that not only are solutions, but their training will teach you how to live much better so that whatever challenge you have becomes a gift because it brings you to great educators who are healthy, wise individuals. Welcome, Mimi. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for this um, this space. It's it's always a pleasure to be here with you. Well, you know, I always invite you over just so I can look <laughs> at you and <laughs> look at how amazing God's artwork is. And, it's a trade-off. And, you know, Nathan's pretty damn good looking too, but I'm super heterosexual. So I'm going to take my shirt off here in yeah, a second. Yeah. yeah, you know. I um, noticed you didn't put your mic on your nipple, so you're still not there yet. But... Uh, Honestly, you know, I'm I really take Nathan and Mimi seriously and one thing I've learned about Nathan is he researches things very deeply and because of my experience with him as our family OBGYN who delivered my daughter Zoe which was a great gift um I'm always all ears when Nathan talks and I know Mimi is not someone who goofs around and takes she also takes things very seriously so this is meant to be a highly informative conversation. And not only is this an important conversation on the topic alone, but it really highlights, in my opinion, how important it is for all of us to wake up to the real risks of trusting anything, drug companies, vaccine companies, and the medical industry at large says, especially it seems the more insistent they are that you get something, mm -hmm. usually the more dangerous it is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And almost always, it just leads to the cash register endlessly ringing yeah. because they seem to have a magic ability to give you solutions that cause endless problems, which yeah. require more solutions mm -hmm. that contribute to endless problems. So it's kind of like, you know, an echo system that they've developed. We catch you once and we got you forever. And right. I just despise that. So, to begin our conversation, what is HPV and who is this conversation for? Well, you've already mentioned that both men and women should be thoughtful about this. This is one of those things, you know, we're going to talk a lot about viruses. I think if we learned anything from COVID, there's very, very little that we'd really understand about viruses. I think there's been this message out there for gosh, probably a hundred years that viruses are out to get us. Yeah. yeah. And yet they're coating every surface that we ever touch. They outnumber bacteria at least 10 to one in nature, Yeah. inside of our bodies, out in the woods, in the bathrooms, whatever. So if you're thoughtful about this HPV thing and you're a man, be assured that this is just as valuable to you, if not more valuable. Um, if you're like me, I, of course, I don't have a cervix, so I don't have to worry about um, this persistent HPV infection leading eventually to cervical cancer. But I do have two little girls. So I have to worry about, you know, them. That's being... my next point I just wrote down. Yeah. This is a very important conversation for parents. And what is the age group that they want to start vaccinating? Nine. 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 Yeah. 
None. So this would be one of about 72 doses of different vaccines that are administered to kids nowadays from day one of life, hepatitis B, which I helped you battle that in the hospital through the pediatricians, all the way up to age 18, 72 doses. This one's part of that. Yes, I'm familiar with the 72. Believe me, that's why I needed your protection. (laughs) Um, So this is like a serious conversation for parents because... Putting stuff like this in a nine-year-old's body is yeah. just, you know. Yeah. I just had actually a couple days ago, as I was <laughs> working on this information to have this conversation and working with Nathan, literally typing up, filming on the gaping holes in the research behind the Gardasil vaccine. I got a message on Instagram from someone I went to high school with, and she has a daughter who's at the age where her pediatrician is now recommending with some measure of mm, force, I will say, kind of like, hey, it's time for her to get it. Let's do it kind of thing rather than like, let's talk about it. You know, so she came to me and she said, hey, I've seen that you talk about this HPV and this HCC thing. Um, You know, my my pediatrician is recommending this for my daughter. And I just don't really I, I really don't know where to start. And I just wanted to open the door. Like, do you have any thoughts? Of course, I have a lot of thoughts. And I proceeded to send her probably 15 voice memos, minute-long voice memos. I you know, started out by saying, this is up to you. Ultimately, you have to do whatever you feel right, what you feel is right for you and your family. But here's just some of the things that you're not going to hear from your doctor mm-hmm. because they are given a, a certain amount, a finite amount of information around this vaccine. So then I opened up a whole can of worms around the gaping holes in the research, the side effects, the negative, at, you know, the adverse events that are happening and what her doctor may not be telling her. I recommended a couple books to her. She's like, okay, I'm going to get these books. So these conversations are, <laughs> are happening all the time in my DMs, women coming to me, finding me, asking for input here because they're just not getting enough information yeah. from, their, from their doctors. I just wanted to, to chime in and say like it was divine timing um, that she came to me with this message and, and she was so grateful. She was like, thank you so much. She was like, honestly, I was already thinking that this sounded too good to be true and mm. oftentimes it is. Yeah. If they're only giving you one option, this is your only option is the vaccine in order to prevent HPV for your daughter. She was, you know, laying on quite a bit of guilt and like, you don't want your daughter to get cervical cancer, do you? Well, then you need to get yes, this. Yes, I know. So it's this coercive. is, it's yeah. so sick. I, I just wanted to, to, to share that story because it was, it was so relevant just a, a couple of days ago when we're talking about parents. Yeah. And Angie had an appointment with a pediatrician for a checkup for Mana before she found this other doctor, Dr. Sears, who's very holistic. And it turns out the guy used to be a a Navy SEAL, which was quite surprising. Oh, that's interesting. And so he's pushing all these vaccines on Angie because, you know, we didn't get them. And he's actually telling her, raising his voice at her, and saying that she's not being a good parent and putting our child at risk. And, you know, Angie's Mexican, so you can only push that <laughs> so far before you meet the devil. Well, she just got walk, got up, walked out, and, and basically fired the guy and yeah. said, you know, I'm, I'm not going to put up with this from you. I didn't come here for this. Yeah. You know, you yeah. work for me. I don't, yeah. I'm not your employee or your yeah. Let's child. not get it twisted. Yeah. 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 But, 
I want to say at the beginning, which I wanted to say earlier, but I forgot to, I want everybody to know, look, I am not against vaccines. My policy is if the vaccine is more dangerous than the pathogen it's supposed to protect you against, then it's not a vaccine. It's another problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so far, the track record of producing vaccines that are less dangerous than the pathogen is very poor. I hate yeah. to say mm-hmm. it. What's the, uh, the, there's a book that's very good. It's Turtles All the Way Down. Turtles All the Way Down. Dissolving Illusions is another good one. And then yeah. the HPV vaccine on trial, which we have here, is a big thick one written yeah. by two attorneys and another, another author. There is plenty of information here yeah. that if somebody wants to go deep into this, there is there's a lot there's, there's a plenty. lot a lot of of unknowns at yeah. the very least. And I think the the thing to say at the outset is anybody that takes vaccines without doing really honest research is yeah. putting themselves in grave danger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a, that's actually what stimulated me to get into this having two little girls. Eventually we would have to be faced with the same conversations that Angie did. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't totally sure. In fact, I was pretty much an advocate for vaccines when I was in my medical training because mm-hmm. I thought this is probably doing a lot of good. But then as you you hear people's stories and you hear that they're developing, you know, autoimmune conditions. I mean, that is on the hugely on the rise. Yeah. We've got autism on the rise. We've got all these other things. And I was like, nonsense, poopy pants. This is definitely <laughs> a, a great technology mm-hmm. until it's until you actually start digging and you're like, oh my mm-hmm. God, we've got some major issues here. So um, this conversation around HPV naturally involves a conversation around vaccines because as we're going to get into, the Gardasil 9 vaccine, which pre- was produced by Merck, came with this advertisement of preventing cervical cancer. Mm-hmm. And that's simply, that's actually one of the reasons that they're undergoing a lot of litigation right now because it was false advertising in the mm-hmm. best and coercive mm-hmm. at, you know, at, at worst. So, yeah. You know, isn't it amazing that if any one of us was to try to sell a product on television or anywhere else, and have even a slight glitch in it. That's right. Yep. We would be shut down immediately. Yeah. yeah. But these guys get away with doing it till thousands and thousands of people yeah. are dead. And that's right. Some lawyer's child dies and they go after them. Yeah. It's uh, well, crazy. Now, it, it's actually impossible now, virtually impossible to go after these pharmaceutical companies like Merck and GSK and... Pfizer and Moderna, because they have this protection mm-hmm. under the Vaccine Act. I think it was 1987. Yeah, the National Vaccine Injury Act of 1986. 86. Yeah. yeah, where now these companies are completely protected. So even if families are basically 100% sure that their child was harmed by the Gardasil vaccine, you know, within a week having paralysis or or um, fatigue so badly they can't participate in their sports anymore. Like, it's pretty clear when you listen to these parents or you read about their experiences in this book, um, for example, the HPV vaccine on trial, there is story after story after story of parents who are absolutely certain that it, it was the vaccine, but they have no way, Yeah. either it's past the point where they can approach the court situation or they don't have the money, the time, or, or the resources to hire someone to take them through this process of jumping through the thousands of hoops that it takes to get compensated, mm-hmm. even if you are absolutely sure that your your child was injured. It's, it's just like, it feels so criminal and maddening. And whenever I'm in this content, whenever I'm reading, I actually have to take breaks because I get... I can feel my (laughs) nervous system. I can feel the 
breath, you know, sitting in my chest where I have to close everything down and just sit back and like, okay, yeah. it's okay. And, 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 you know, that's, that's a huge piece of it is, is like, these are, this is people's lives. This is not just money. This is not just the bottom line. You're, you're talking about families and little girls and little boys lives. The rest of their life and health experience can be impacted by this thing that is touted as, you know, very safe and effective. And, um, I think once you get into it, like Nathan and I have, you, you, you start to see that it's turtles all the way yeah. down. It is, it's actually, there's a lot of evidence to show that it's possibly neither of those things. Yeah. Well, you know, there is something worse than dying. And that's... Permanently disabled. Being disabled <laughs> and wishing you were dead yeah. and not being able to live. Yeah. And the, there are those stories of 18-year-old girls who got this injection, had severe side effects to the point where they couldn't live their life anymore the normal way that they wanted to. And they actually took their own life. Yes, I don't uh, doubt there's, it. There's men and women, uh, girls and boys, actually, who who have, they just couldn't bear it anymore. And it's just heartbreaking when you read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, here, I'm going to bring up a point, and I'm, I don't want people to take me wrong, but I'm being honest. I'm going to ask the two of you a question. Of all the items that you use in your house and in your life every day, from your phone to a toaster oven to a cake mixer to a car... Would you have bought any of those if there was no recourse, no merit warranty? No, in other words, it's as is, brand new. If it breaks, as soon as you turn it on, you break it home, it doesn't work. You can't take it back. You're screwed. You wasted your money. Would you buy a toast oven like that? No. A phone? Not. A car? No. A cake mixer? Right. My question has always been, as a therapist, for 40 years, why, when it comes to your own body, mm-hmm. the most sacred place you'll ever have the only thing that is your guarantee of being here in the world you don't look into anything at all yeah where there's no recourse yeah uh, to me that is a dangerous dangerous lack of common sense i mean forgive me if i'm talking about somebody out there but honestly trusting doctors and trusting drug companies and trusting uh, vaccine corporations and not doing your homework is a very, dangerous. very, very yeah. dangerous thing to do. Yeah. Yet I know people that will spend days researching and comparing cars and prices and warranties. Or and a pair t- of shoes. Or a pair of shoes. I mean, <laughs> right. it's like, and yet right. they'll go get themselves injected with something that can kill you without even thinking about it. Yeah. I honestly cannot figure this out for the life of me. We want we want to trust the people who are put in charge of the healthcare system, doctors, physicians, and, and researchers. It's like, yes, I'm I'm one of those people that wants to believe the best in people, but it can also it can be a gift to see the best in people, but it can also be a it can be. Um, you know, a real lesson, an opportunity for growth, because if you just trust people wholesale, like it, there's a, a, you know, a good probability that you're going to take be taken advantage of. And in a case like this, you're not just getting taken advantage of buying a used car. This is potentially what the rest of your life looks like. It yeah. is. So it's important. Let, let me let me provide a little bit of clarity to, based on what you just said. So I have a lot of compassion for parents out there now that you know yeah. I'm a parent. Paul, you're a parent. What we're talking about with this disregard for 
the I don't know the, the need for accountability of some of these these manufacturers. It comes through this National um, Childhood Injury uh, Vaccine Injury Act of 1986, and what really happened there was the manufacturers of vaccines. They were saying, "Listen, there is inevitably going to be some dangers with these products, and we think there's a tremendous benefit to providing them." So the government said, "We'll cut you a deal. We will make it." We'll, we will provide you protection if you continue to manufacture these vaccines, and um, that protection would provide you the a very very rough road for any parent or individual who yeah. wants to sue um, one of these manufacturers. And the the vaccine companies now can keep doing this work, knowing that there might be lawsuits, but they can't take it directly to the manufacturer. Mm-hmm. They have to go through this sort of vaccine court, as they call it. Now, the reason, the reason that what you're saying is so important, Mimi, is that as a parent, I have to make decisions that I have to end up living with. Yeah. So I'll bring up a very, very brief little story. There's a woman, I'm attending her birth. She's had four um, prior C-sections. Now she's pregnant with her fifth. And that fourth baby, they, she took him into the six-month PEDS visit. He got vaccines. And 72 hours later, he was paralyzed from the neck down. Jesus. Murphy. She is not... She is... Uh, a staunch advocate now, but even she's willing to say, I don't know if it was the vaccine, but it pre- seems pretty suspicious. And she has a no, uh, there's no recourse for her yeah. to take this to the man. So I'm now going to be attending her fifth birth, which she wants to have at home because she's determined to stay out of the system. And her big advocacy point is as adults, as parents, if we don't do this work ourselves, because the three and four mm-hmm. little organizations don't seem to really be putting us first. Um, <laughs> if we're not willing to, to do, <laughs> well, I'm trying to be. I'm trying to have as much compassion for everybody in the world as possible. But then I see this person, yeah, and she's like, nobody's coming in to take care of my little boy who's never going to walk. No, he has a feeding tube. He has a tracheostomy. Mm. While they're making billions of right. dollars like, off like, of this, like one one uh, bonus, you know, could probably take care of this kid and get him some rehab and physical therapy and whatnot. Nobody's going to do that for her. So as adults, we need to be willing to own the outcomes of our decisions. And if you're going to decide, decide to get the vaccines, a critical look at the literature says, at the very best, we don't know. Yeah. And at the very worst, there's potentially some really, really bad harms here as well. Mm-hmm. So we'll get into that, I'm sure. Yeah. Hi, everyone. I hope you're enjoying the show. You know, the holiday season can be stressful for many people and a time when your normal sleep patterns are often disrupted. That's why a warm mug of Organifi's chocolate gold in the evening is a favorite routine for my family. It's perfect for winding down, relaxing, and setting yourself up for a great night's sleep. And with chocolate gold, it tastes like comforting hot cocoa without all the sugary buzz of regular hot chocolate. I was blown away when I realized Organifi had found a way to give us a chocolate evening drink that wouldn't buzz you up, but instead open the door to a lovely restful sleep. Nighttime is for full body recovery. This is when the body really goes to work repairing, detoxifying, and rebuilding cells that were damaged during the day. Each evening is the perfect time to relax, unwind, and enjoy adaptogens that support a healthy response to stress. Ease your body into a calm, relaxed state with nine soothing superfoods in chocolate gold. Chocolate gold contains reishi, known as the grounding mushroom, and lemon balm extract, also known as the calming herb, to help promote relaxation and restful sleep. What it doesn't contain is any sugar, so you can skip away knowing that you are drinking nutrition to support your body and not just a bunch of empty calories. Go to Organifi.com forward slash C-H-E-K-20. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com forward slash lowercase C-H-E-K 20 and use the code 
capital C, capital H, capital E, capital K, 20 to get your 20% discount on Organifi Chocolate Gold. That's Organifi.com forward slash check 20 and use the code all caps check 20 to get your 20% discount for Living 4D listeners. I promise you this stuff tastes amazingly good and really is quite a trick because who would have thought you could use chocolate right before bed and actually relax? Only Organifi can figure out how to do that. And boy, my kids love it. And everybody else I know loves it too. Enjoy it. Have fun. You might feel some level of urgency from your provider, from your pediatrician, from your doctor. You might want to, they might be like, oh, we can save time by giving you multiple vaccines here, this or that. There is no rush. There is no rush. So, like, if you are starting to ask questions or you're like, hmm, this doesn't seem right. Let me just, let me look into this a little bit. Go with that because there is no real rush. Even if they say like, you don't want your daughter to get cervical cancer, right? Well, cervical cancer usually takes decades to develop. Right. There, your daughter is not at risk for cervical cancer at nine years old. That's right. no. So you have time to step back, get some books, DM Nathan, DM me. We are happy to send you information that you can look over and decide what's right for you and your family. I'm going to just throw something on the table here. Look, I've been telling my students for years and people in the public and, you know, wherever I can, if your doctor or your therapist cannot work naked (laughs) in their underwear, because they have an unhealthy body, they are not a doctor or a therapist that should be guiding you. The word doctor in Latin means teacher. Look, I teach health. I teach holistic health and exercise. I can get naked for anybody (laughs) and say, this is the results of my program. Nathan, you could get naked for anybody and they would probably be more than excited to follow your program. I'm naked right now. Your students are like, okay, I'm <laughs> taking notes, whatever I tell you all say. my students, if you can't teach naked, then you shouldn't be teaching. You're still too much of a student to be guiding people. Yeah. You have got to be able to wear your truth. Yeah. So when you go see doctors and nurses and they're overweight, unhealthy often sicker than many of their patients, missing work all the time. That's not somebody you should trust. And why that's important is because in order to be healthy, you have to become aware of what robs you of your health. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when you're aware of what is robbing you of your health and what is risky to your health, you naturally become suspicious of these magic bullets. You know, you just inherently know Health requires participation, commitment, and work. Yeah. It's yeah. a lifestyle. It's a way of relating to yourself and the world. And the people that don't want to have a healthy relationship usually don't have a healthy relationship with the environment. And therefore, they don't have a mindset that includes teaching you how to have a healthy relationship with yourself or your environment. Mm-hmm. Food is your environment. Water is your environment. Air is your environment. Your home is your environment. Your yard, your school, your town. Well, if that's all poisonous and you keep taking vaccines to escape from the reality that you're creating for yourselves and that we're creating in the world, then you're not part of the solution. The other thing is we always need to look. And I've, I did this. 
I did this research years ago because, you know, I've been doing this for 40 years now. So I used to have a lot of people with problems with polio and I was studying the polio vaccine. And I found research papers that looked at the statistical probability that anyone would get polio. So what is the likelihood that you are going to get polio or anyone else is? And then you have to look at what the probability is that you might get injured by the vaccine based on available research. And what you will find is that if you look at the statistical likelihood of you getting COVID versus getting injured from the vaccine, it will be very, very obvious. And if you do that with almost any vaccine out there, you will see that you can find epidemiological and related studies that make it very clear and one of the research papers I did just to make the point showed that right when the polio vaccine came in, based on the epidemiological curve or the life cycle of the polio virus, that it was on its way out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So it made it look like the vaccine yeah. was the savior. But in fact, this, the analysis showed that no, it, it really wasn't that at all. Yeah. Yeah. And But people got sold this miracle cure and so i'm saying you have to look at you know it's like if you're going to make an investment in something and you use an investment broker and you say okay what's the statistical probability that i can become a millionaire by investing x number of dollars and he says well the chances are about one percent that's not a good investment Right. Mm-hmm. So you don't put your money there. So it's, I mean, this is like, to me, it's a common sense analysis. Yeah. Yeah. If someone said to me, Paul, the, the statistical probability of you getting this virus, whatever it is, is 50%. But I found out that the statistical probability of getting injured by the vaccine was 51%. I would go with yeah. natural health and say, yeah. I'm fine. Do you want I, to hear the data on Gardasil 9? Yeah. When you look at all of the safety data, 128 out of 15,706 participants, that's roughly 81 in 10,000, had a serious adverse reaction. In East Africa, where HPV and cervical cancer are some of, has, we have the, some of the highest prevalence there, your risk of getting um, cervical cancer is 4.27 in 10,000. So you have a greater risk, 81 to 10,000 versus 4.27 in 10,000, even in a, in a high endemic area. So you can take the higher risk of a serious adverse reaction versus a very, very low risk of cervical cancer. That's what we're actually looking at here. So um, that illustrates your point exactly. Mm-hmm. And we can do that, that same thing for almost every vaccine. Every vaccine. Yeah. And every one that I've looked at, you're safer without it. Right. And that's why when they were going after me and Angie for this list of vaccines, I said no. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I hired Dr. Wholesale. Sherry Tenpenny. I, I went right to one of the top experts on this in the world and said, I don't have time to do piles of research. I need you. I am paying you to tell me what I need to know. What do I need to know about all these vaccines on the list for my child? And she said, what you need to know is don't Don't do do any of them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And here's what you do. So she set us up with homeopathics and she said, I know how you live. I know what you teach and, and you're fine. Just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, that's the thing is it's you're so much better off as a parent teaching your child the six foundational principles, the four doctors and not just necessarily giving them one injection that may or may not protect them, 
or may or may not, you know, have an adverse event that you need to think about. But what I tell parents, like the parent, the the woman that I told you, you know, was in my my DMs, I said, honestly, you're better off teaching your daughter how to eat healthy, how to move her body intentionally, how to take care of her mind and and teaching her these skills that not only will help her if she does, you know, if she is exposed to something like HPV, but also all the other diseases that plague Americans, mm-hmm. cardiovascular disease, obesity, diabetes, cancer, like these are the same principles that will and can help protect against these, you right. know, these other diseases. It's not yeah. just about HPV. This is it, this is a lifestyle. And so I think if you want to be the most helpful to your child, don't let the doctor coerce you and and really take ownership and and step into that teacher role and, and teach them these concepts that will pay off for them the rest of their life. There's another factor here and that is that there's almost no legitimate sex education for young people. That's right. And what is out there is usually pretty damn cheesy. And most parents don't talk to their kids about right. this, especially people right. that have too much religious baggage about this stuff. Yeah. So you get kids that are, you know, kids are explorative. I was explorative. I mean, children are supposed to be the evolution yeah. of their family. And so if they don't go out and explore, then there's no evolution. So if you aren't educating your children on, you know, important things like what kind of questions should you ask before you have sex with somebody, um, when's the right time, you know, all the things we need to know about. I mean, I know people that were 18 years old before they even knew the anatomy of the opposite sex. Yeah. Um, before they ever, you know. Maybe not 18, but 16. Yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah. this is unbelievable. Like, we, we, we have to kind of look at the soil and say, you know, where's all these problems coming from? And how do people keep getting themselves in these kinds of troubles? And, you know, it's just, I can guarantee you, before my kids have pubic hair, they're already going to know this stuff. I'm going to be saying, yeah. okay, look, you know. Mana, notice your balls are dropping down here. <laughs> you know, like we, this is we got to have these conversations. It's uh, these are very, very important things. And so, the more of this stuff we sweep under the rug, the more mysterious it is when these things happen. And I think that's a big part of the problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, speaking from the lens of an OBGYN and going through all of this stuff. The conventional approach to this topic, getting back to you know HPV and the Gardasil vaccine and all of this, I was pretty disillusioned and, and sort of disheartened by what we were providing. I mean, really, the big issue here is not so much a lack of pharmaceuticals and surgery and dollars invested. We're spending trillions on this. The issue is that women go on a regular basis to their GYN, and they might have an abnormal HPV screen, which is often coupled with what's called a pap smear, where we do a little... Um, scraping of the inside of the cervical canal, and we look at the cells. If one of those is positive for something abnormal, whether it's HPV being present, especially if it's one of the higher risk strains, 16 and 18 are the two that are most um, uh, most closely associated with cervical cancer. Or if the pap smear shows abnormal cells, you're going to be told to come back at six or 12 month intervals. 
but nothing is given to you in the meantime to try to change this. So I started reframing this and Mimi and I, I think the reason that we really decided to work on this together is we don't see this as a inevitable disease process that's just a cascade of things that leads to cervical cancer. We see this as a signal that something is up with your immune health. Something is up with you not sleeping well or you not eating the Mm -hmm. right food or maybe you're not managing stress or setting emotional boundaries well. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're carrying shame. Maybe your mindset's not dialed in. And in the time that you're waiting from that initial abnormal screen to the next visit, there should be plenty you can do in the meantime. But our doctors, the people that trained me, we were not giving out any of that information, which is why I became so invested in this topic. Like, what can we give you in the meantime? Mm -hmm. Yes, let's keep doing screenings. Yes, maybe you can consider the vaccine. Although, based on what we're going to talk about, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it for every single person. But, you know, that aside, you don't have to divorce yourself from the medical system. But if they're not giving you something more so you can become empowered with tools to help mm-hmm. um, the ability of your body to clear this infection or mm-hmm. to reverse these abnormal cells, then we're actually doing you a disservice. Yeah. Yeah. What we, what we call it is an invitation to evaluate your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. This is not a punishment. You did nothing wrong. No matter where you picked up HPV, whether it was a one-night stand or in your marriage, it doesn't matter. What matters is that you're getting a signal from your body. And we all get these invitations to evaluate our lifestyle that manifest in different ways. You've talked about this in different words in in many of your workshops and lectures. But if we're not listening to the pain teacher, if Mm -hmm. we're not listening to these whispers that come up, for me, an invitation to evaluate my lifestyle was a divorce at 26. For Nathan, an invitation to evaluate your lifestyle was adrenal fatigue in medical school. You know, and you've had many invitations to evaluate, I'm sure. And <laughs> and if we don't if we don't see them that way, then I think the more problems arise. But I think that there is this sort of mental and emotional um, approach that is taken where uh, the woman feels some amount of shame and isolation yeah. in regard to this sexually transmitted infection. Um, it's like any other infection, you know, it's like pneumonia. It just happens to be in the reproductive part. So mm-hmm. it's like, why is there so much shame around this? And there is, uh, you know, I would say the large majority of women that find me who are desperate for answers and help, part of their problem or part of what they're trying to sort through is the judgment, the self-judgment being embarrassed to talk about it with anyone in their life. Sometimes I'm the only person in the world that they've told that they have HPV. They don't want to tell any of their friends. So it creates this isolation, which even though cervical cancer takes decades to develop, this is where HPV becomes even more dangerous, is when women feel isolated and they feel shamed Sometimes that happens from the gynecologist, yeah, from their doctor, exactly, from their doctor, yeah. and uh, this is a this is a big piece of of the conversation, and and so all of that to say, this is not a punishment. This is simply an invitation for you to evaluate your lifestyle and look at some of these factors, the six foundational principles, um, you know, and see where can I come back into more balance of not too much, not too little. Look at these different different um, areas of my life and. More often than not, there's going to be an area that you can look at and say, you know what, I've been going through the drive-thru a little bit more, or you know what, Mm. I have had a really stressful event in the last year that's put my stress levels over the top. Um, There are these, these things that we can work on and start to balance in ourselves that contribute to the integration of the viral message. 
But there's another thing that I don't think is talked about very much, and that is, you know, the conversation tends to be oriented toward the person who's got the HPV. And in general, that brings everything back to oneself. But the reality of it is, women have to be conscious of the health and self-management of the people they're having sexual interactions with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like I've seen beautiful women have sex with guys that if I was in a female body, I would not touch with a 10-foot pole. Yeah. I mean, going to a bar and just picking up some dude because you're horny and not having any idea what drugs he's on, what problems he's had, uh, you know, how healthy he is, what kind of diseases he's maybe had. I mean, you're just setting up yourself, you're setting yourself up for, you know, that's like playing yeah. with the devil. You, you've got to actually be careful about who you swap fluids yeah. with. I yeah. mean, right. you're talking about exchanging mm-hmm. a lot of information. I yeah. mean, when you consider how much can be in the saliva transferred with one French kiss, you put that thing under a high-powered microscope and you've yeah. got a whole city of yeah. new guests in your house, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, people forget that a relationship is a lot of responsibility. And when you're opening your inner world to somebody, you got to be careful about what comes in. Yeah. You know, you really do. All yeah. of that is so spot on and true. And I, I absolutely agree. Unfortunately, I've had some some stories come my way, testimonials, messages from women where one woman in particular was a Christian and she waited until her wedding night to have sex. And she, at her next pap, was positive for HPV that she contracted from her husband who didn't wait to have sex. Um, you know, that conversation aside, but this is this is uh, relevant for women who are even guarding themselves to the utmost degree. Mm-hmm. Women, you know, one of my best friends contracted HPV the first time that she had sex with a boyfriend that she was committed to, she loved. So yes, we need to definitely be on alert about who we're swapping fluids with, but this also affects anyone and everyone if you're sexually active with and you can't always tell from the outside what that person is dealing with because as you know as we all know there are a lot of fit sick people (laughs) out there and and you just don't know what they're what they're dealing with no but the 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 general read is a good one yeah i mean when you look at okay does this person eat a lot of junk food you know Sugar suppresses, one teaspoon of sugar suppresses the immune system for six to eight hours. How much sugar do they eat? You know, how do they live? You know, would would I want my children to grow up and live that way? And would I feel good about it? I mean, there's some just common basic. So what you're doing is reducing the odds. I mean, the reality of it is there's enough choices out there that sometimes it's better to be patient than it is to... Yeah, you know, being a rush over these things, I just think it's very important that we, you know, really buy into some common sense. Hello, everybody. Today, I'm excited to offer you a free lecture I created that can really help anyone achieve healthy balance with issues of exercise in their lives. This free lecture is titled Red, Yellow, Green Days to Work Out or Not to Work Out. When you get to the gym and you're already feeling tired because you're low on sleep, have been working out a lot, or have just finished a taxing day at work, should you work out? 
Some people will re-energize from a hard bout of exercise, but others will not. But how can you tell before you start? In this free presentation, you'll learn why it is critical to evaluate your readiness for exercise, as well as simple techniques for evaluating the type of workout your body will respond best to. In this presentation, I will explore the effects of stress and exercise on the autonomic nervous system and how crossing our stress threshold or having high levels of stress or autonomic stress affects different people in different ways. You'll find out how to manipulate your existing programs to create energy uplifts rather than energy drains, as well as how to select exercise methods that will balance your autonomic nervous system and help you make exercise work for you and contribute to your well-being. If you want to be healthy, vital, and fit for the long run, this information is not only essential, but it is critical information seldom offered by health and exercise professionals. Those without this kind of wisdom often resort to biohacking to compensate for chronic stress, pain, illness, and injuries, which is never a good substitute for bioharmonizing. I'm excited to be able to share some of the wisdom I've developed helping thousands of people heal over my long career. To get access to my free audio lecture titled Red, Yellow, Green Days to Work Out or Not Work Out, go to chek.group forward slash work in. That's chek.group forward slash work in. All together, work in. And enjoy this free audio lecture. I think you'll find it highly informative and highly practical. It shares many of the methods I've used to help the greatest athletes in the world, weekend warriors, and just everyday people look and feel a lot better for the long run. Enjoy. My next question for you guys is, what is the conventional approach to HPV and cervical cancer screening? Yeah, so let's get, get some, some data here. I think it's very relevant to remember that uh, we had mentioned that this is the most common sexually transmitted infection. So 80 million people in the United States, which is probably an underestimate because a lot of people carry this and don't know, especially men. But every year, 14 million more people are being diagnosed. So this is why there's such a focus on this, especially in the OBGYN community. I have a quick question on that. Sure. What percentage of those could be misdiagnoses? For example, like a false 60, negative? 60 to 90% of COVID diagnosis was uh, positives were false. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. So, so these numbers are... My point is, is if you yeah. get the diagnosis, wouldn't it be wise to just get retested to confirm it? Maybe from another doctor? Well, the good news is... Or that, lab? Yes. And the even better news is that from the time that you get that HPV positive screen to the time that you develop something called cervical intraepithelial neoplasia, which is, I'll just use the, the acronym SIN, C-I-N, mm -hmm. which is when you find those abnormal cells, that can take months to years. Mm -hmm. So even if you get the HPV positive screen, you have plenty of time because actually the SIN, even if it develops into high-grade SIN, SIN-3, it can take years to decades for that to become cervical cancer. So regardless of the, the, the um, realities around the um, the sensitivity or specificity of these screens. If you get that, as, as Mimi mentioned, that's a signal for you to get something in order. So even if you do develop the SIN1, only 5% of that progresses to SIN2. If you end up developing SIN2, which is after SIN1, about 50 per, or 60% of that will regress on its own, especially if you are dialing in lifestyle. And then if it develops to SIN3, 
um, roughly 50% of that will also regress on its own. Now, that's, that shouldn't make us cavalier. It should just be a reminder that, hey, this is not a death sentence. It's just a signal for you to start putting mm -hmm. lifestyle in order so it doesn't progress to a relatively rare cancer, which is cervical cancer. Um, so the typical screening method is actually if you're under 21, we don't even screen for HPV and, and, and um, abnormal cervical cells with pap smears because young, healthy people like people under 21 either have already gotten HPV or the likelihood of it developing into sin is, is so uh, extraordinarily low that we don't even screen. In between 21 and 29, we do a pap smear every three years um, because we presume you have HPV. And if those cells are going to be abnormal, it's probably going to reverse anyways. It's not until the later years that we start doing this more frequently and trying to be more, um, more proactive in the screening methods. So from the age of 30 up until 65, you can expect every three to five years to be screened for this. And again, if you are screened positive for either of these things, there's plenty of time mm -hmm. for you to get some things in order before they recommend a cervical biopsy, which is basically stick a speculum in the vagina, open it up, look at the cervix, and take a big hunk and chunk out of it. Generally not under anesthesia. There's a lot of nerve endings in the cervix. A lot of women are afraid of that happening. So while you're waiting for this, do some things to dial yeah. in lifestyle to improve your, your immune health. If that biopsy comes back positive, you may find yourself um, looking at an excisional procedure, which carries all of its own risks. Like, for for example, if you get a leap procedure, it's when we lop off the top of the cervix. I've done all of these things. Mm -hmm. I was a part of the system for a while. Mm -hmm. But we weren't giving anybody any means of preventing themselves from getting there in the first place. So that mm -hmm. lopping off of the cervix or what's called a cold knife cone, where we remove a chunk of the cervical canal in the outside of the cervix, very, very uncomfortable. Very scary, and it develops scar tissue there, which can impact uh. pregnancy and childbirth and everything else. Mm -hmm. So, and scar sex sexual experience, and right. sexual yeah, experience, scar, so, yeah. scar yeah. tissue. Uh, one can be very, very painful as it's maturing. Yeah. There's a six yeah. month period of scar tissue matures, and scar tissue can develop trigger points that are exquisitely painful. Mm -hmm. There's a, two things that popped into my mind as you were talking there. If everything you were said is just now is true, which I know it's coming from you, it brings up the point. Why would you want to vaccinate kids nine years of age? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that, a great that's, point. <laughs> that's just like right away. I'm like, okay, if everything he just said is true, then why are we wanting to vaccinate kids at nine years of age? So that's yeah. one question. And the other question is, if a woman does get a positive on a screen, uh, what precautions does she need to take with her sex life so that she's not infecting her partner? Well, what does the doctor say? And, and, and there's a lot of lesbians in the yeah. world today, yeah. too. Yeah. So it's not just heterosexual, you know, it's same-sex relationships. Mm -hmm. So I think that's potentially more of a risk for women on women, yeah. right? And yeah. I mean, we have to look at that today because that's real. Yeah. Um, so that's my two questions. Yeah, I can answer the first question. What, what they say, why are they recommending it for children who are not even probably sexually active at nine years old? Uh, well, they are. That's very unusual. Right. Unless you're <laughs> close to the yeah. White House. <laughs> so, Sex trafficking and yeah. things, yeah, yeah. So what they say is that the vaccine works better. It's more effective if the person, if the individual has not yet been exposed to the HPV virus. So the older that you get, you know, the more likely you are to have sexual right. experiences. So they say if you can 
inoculate, if you can inject kids before they're sexually active, they will build up the antibodies before they actually are exposed to the virus. Does the research support that, though? Well, it depends on which study you're looking at, I suppose. One of the studies, I forget which year they did this. Um, I have so many studies floating around in my mind. One of the studies that they did on kids, the kids were only receiving a half dose of the vaccine. They're, they weren't even receiving the full dose. Do you remember that study? Yeah. They, they talk about it in the HPV vaccine on trial book. So these kids in the study are getting the half dose of the vaccine and the aluminum adjuvant and all the other things inside of it. But in the real world, those kids are not receiving a half dose. They're receiving a full dose. So whatever data came out of that study is irrelevant because that's not what kids are receiving. But the the reason they say that is because they want it to, uh, they want them to be uh, inoculated before they, they are, you know, sexually active and exposed to the virus. Well, as a little side note, aluminum in your body suppresses your immune system. Right. (laughs) So... Right there, we have a red flag. Yes. You're, what you just said and aluminum are totally contradictory. Yeah, which we can get into. I know we have a lot of thoughts around the aluminum adjuvant that's used, but did you want to tackle the second question? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that this kind of gets into the intimate con- um, conversation and communication around this topic. If you get this positive screen, the last thing you want to do is 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 become you know, withdrawn from your partner because you guys are in this together. It's time yeah. to stand shoulder to shoulder and to look at this and have a reasonable way of talking about it. Doesn't well, mean you that's, shouldn't. That's only with you with a partner. But what about all the women that don't have partners that might be dating or having fun? Yeah, you know. So if the if the question is, does this mean you should stop having sex? I don't necessarily think that that makes any sense. You've already got the vaccine, or mm-hmm. you've already had the the virus. You've been exposed to this. I don't think that there's any reason to just stop having sex. Okay. The the other question is, before you have sex with someone else, should you tell them that you've screened positive for the virus? I think that that's a. I, I think that that's a. Uh, there's a mixed bag there. I mean, I, I think that it would be reasonable to share. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm HIV positive, so that your partner knows. Yeah. But but did you want to add to that? Yeah, condoms can reduce the risk. So if you know that you're HPV positive and you do have a, a conversation with someone you're dating or just you know having fun with, I think it is. Um, I think it. I, I go back to would I want to know? Would I want to know if the man that I was seeing was HPV positive? Yeah, I would want to know. I would want to have all the information. Does he owe that to me? Does, do I, you know, is it something that I'm owed? Probably not. I think this comes into like an ethical dilemma of sorts. Certainly I would never say like, yes, every woman or every man has to tell their partner. It comes down to a personal decision and what you're comfortable with, but um, condoms can reduce the risk. So you can maybe soften it by saying we can still have fun. Let's just use a condom. I think that's a slippery slope and I'll tell you why. If you look at the size of a virus compared to the pores of a condom. Oh, yeah. It's not complete. You're, you're talking about the equivalent of driving a Honda Civic through an air uh, an airplane carrier big enough to hold a 747. Yeah. yeah. Well, what did we learn from the mouth rags in, during COVID? You know, yeah. the face rags. I mean, it doesn't yeah. protect completely. They just do show people who use condoms more often are you know, they, they contract HPV less yeah, is what the data yeah. is showing. But I, I do agree with you that obviously it's not complete protection. Yeah. So there's just decisions to be made. I'm asking this because these are important questions yeah. to ask. I mean, yeah. look, if this thing can give you cancer and it's transmittable and it's the most common sexually transmittable disease, yeah. 
you know, the psychological effects of getting that could be as damaging as the actual yeah. diagno- as the as the actual virus. So, I mean, I know that if if I was a woman and I had sex with a guy or I had sex with a woman and I found out later that they knew they had it and didn't tell me, I would be right pissed. Right. Yeah. That uh, men fact that I would never trust that person again. Well, you know, the the psychological part of this is actually relevant to the Gardasil 9 vaccine itself. I think it's important to unpack some of the history there. So before around 2006 or so, not everybody was talking about HPV as the next doomsday around the corner. It was Merck who introduced the Be One Less campaign back in the early 2000s, whereby every single OBGYN family medicine practice had a poster on the wall, and these doctors were actually being paid by Merck um, directly in order to promote this new vaccine. Of course. So why was Merck <laughs> so invested in this? Well, immediately prior to that, they had um, found themselves in deep waters for a medication called Vioxx, which <laughs> was a, a pain medication mm-hmm. similar to ibuprofen, and it was leading to all sorts of heart attacks and all this. So it was eventually, one of the most, commonly, the, it was the most commonly prescribed anti-inflammatory in the world. It made them massive amounts of money. And then they lost massive amounts of money due to lawsuits related mm-hmm. to the side effects and the otherwise compromised cardiovascular systems of people who are taking it. So, and, and did you know, by the way, that two of the most primary side effects of Vioxx were back pain and inflammation, <laughs> the two things that Go was figure. used to treat the most? <laughs> oh, Go figure. I used to, when I, when I did, because I research all the drugs people are taking that come see me for obvious reasons, and I remember the first time I researched Vioxx and I saw that the side effects were the same as what the most common symptoms that send people to the doctor to get it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, well, no wonder these people keep going to therapy and never yeah. healing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? So these manufacturers, they invested, uh, Merck specifically invested n- millions. I mean, probably close to a billion dollars in marketing. This was a Hail Mary for them to make up the money lost from Vioxx and they released Gardasil. Now with the B1 Less campaign, everybody, I remember I was in college Everybody now was afraid of cervical cancer, and they had very compelling campaign ads mm-hmm. that that really were directed towards parents. Like, aren't you going to protect your kids? Do do you want your kids to get cervical cancer? Mm-hmm. Well, that now has Merck in deep waters again because it was false advertising, and we'll get yeah. into efficacy in a second. But the safety concerns are another picture. So let's put efficacy on the on the side. The safety concerns around this include what's in the vaccine. Um, we know that aluminum adjuvants replaced um, mercury, like like thimerosal, in a lot of vaccines back in the late '90s. Um, the aluminum adjuvant specifically for this vaccine, it's usually amorphous aluminum hydroxysulfate. It's added to that, and um, if you then add polysorbate 80, which is an emulsifying agent. You find it in salad dressings, like creamy salad dressings. It keeps the the oil and the vinegar mixed. Mm -hmm. Well, this is commonly added to drugs in order to make sure drugs can get across the otherwise impermeable blood-brain barrier. So now we have a viral particle, may or may not be useful. Now we have aluminum salts added, and now we have something that's added to make sure it can get into the central nervous system. So if you look at some of the vaccine injuries, a lot of Mm -hmm. it is neurological. So um, autism is a big part of this conversation. I think autism is probably multifactorial. I don't think we can say it's vaccines cause autism, but mm. when they look postmortem at the brains of Alzheimer's and, and people living with autism and Alzheimer's, they're finding huge concentrations of aluminum in yes. their brains. Yeah. That's right. And many, many researchers, MDs, mm-hmm. a nephrologist um, named Suzanne Humphreys, they've come out and said quite, quite literally that 
that this is toxic to all biological life forms. Mm-hmm. Aluminum is. So we've got this whole giant thing and the and safety. And you know tra- they're spraying it in the skies now to block the sun. I know, right? Yeah. Go figure. <laughs> Bill Gates is genius at work yeah. again. Yeah, yeah. So, so one other thing I'll, I'll, I'll add, and then I think we should talk about sort of how these trials were done, is that when women were enrolled, they got the Gardasil vaccine, and then they got pregnant, the miscarriage rate, rate went up about 10%. So we have reproductive issues, we have neurologic issues, um, aluminum has also been found to be cardiotoxic and toxic to the lungs. There's a whole bunch of reasons yeah. to not be putting that in there. Now, when a vaccine is released, it should be compared against a placebo. Yeah. Merck did six safety trials on Gardasil, one of which was with the current available of the three vaccines that are available. There's only one. All three are, are FDA approved, but only one, Gardasil 9, which protects against the nine strains most commonly associated with cervical cancer. Said to protect. Said to protect, yes. Um, only one of those, two of those six trials were done with a saline solution, one of which was done with Gardasil 9. It was the smallest of all the safety trials. So if you were to look at what was in the other trials, it was not a placebo. It was actually a solution that contained amorphous aluminum hydroxysulfate. So we have a problem here. And, the, and, and I tried explaining this to my wife and she was like, you're going to have to make that a little simpler. But the bottom line here is that if you want to say that this drug is safer than a placebo, it has to be a true placebo. It does. Mm-hmm. If the placebo also has a toxic, you know, toxic junk in it. It just makes it more likely yeah. the vaccine looks safe. Exactly. It's so just, if you just, had, it's just stupid. I'm sorry. Right. right. It's, it's criminal. Yeah. Right. There's so, no other word for it. So if the adverse, re- you know, reactions in the um, placebo group versus the control group or the uh, the experimental group that got the vaccine is equal, yeah. then which Merck, it basically was, which it was. Merck could go to the FDA and and actually say, hey, listen. Look, the safety data shows that this is no yeah. more harmful than placebo. The difference and, would be statistically insignificant. Right, right. But both groups did have adverse effects. It's like, no shit, you're injecting aluminum. Right. So this is how <laughs> data can be manipulated to the yes, public. And, yes. and, and so what the authors of HP Vaccine on Trial, who were on my podcast recently, what they call it is a faucebo. And this is a big part of why Merck is in deep, deep yeah. shit right now. Well, look, <laughs> here's the thing. There's something about this that's very, very disturbing to me. We have seen more than ever since COVID always leaning on the science. Oh, the science says, how many times did you hear Anthony Fauci say the science says? The problem is this is not science. And that is destroying science. That's what I'm concerned about. All this stuff is an abortion of science. It's a shot in the foot. It it, it It is... Using people's trust in science to lie, cheat, manipulate, coerce, injure, and kill. That's right. And I am personally amazed that there hasn't been a much bigger backlash from the legitimate scientific community against all this stuff. Because we're actually undermining the sanctity and the sacredness of real science with all this stuff. And and, and that alone is criminal because, you know, what... Science is the pursuit of truth. And when it's no longer the pursuit of truth, it is not science. It's manipulation. Yeah. It's lies. It's greed. It's trickery. It's black magic. And that, I think, everyone needs to seriously consider. And and I just taught a course on core conditioning. And I'll make a quick point about this because there's a huge debate against the approach that I teach, which is often referred to as hollowing versus bracing. Because 
there's a number of books out there that say hollowing's bullshit and bracing's the way to go, but I've actually had personal conversations with one of the most prominent researcher in the bracing camp, and I went through and said, did you do this, 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 and this, and this in your studies? Because without these things, your studies are illegitimate. And the answer was no, no. in every case. Yeah. Mm. So I showed, well, you were there, weren't you? I was. I showed, didn't I? I looked, put a yeah. whole list and I said, these are the things yeah. you got to look at or you don't know whether or not you're looking at real science. Yeah. And none of these have ever been done in any of these studies. Yeah. And so I'm educating my students as to how to read science to determine even if it's scientific. And I think the two of you should get together and put out a course on how to read science and determine <laughs> if read it's the science. literature, yeah. Because yeah. otherwise, people just search the internet and they look at abstracts and they believe yeah. conclusions that are bought and paid for. And then they go around and attack people with different views, saying, that's not science. This is what the science says. No, that's not what science says. You have to know how yeah. to read science and you have to know what a study design should look like. So we, I think it's time for we have a mass campaign worldwide. Just like we need mm -hmm. to teach kids sex education, we now have to have science education yeah. because yeah. it's being used against us so heavily. Yeah. And, and that's, it, that's upsetting to me. Yeah. No, it's very upsetting. Um, and that's one thing that RFK Jr. is, is advocating for is like, hey, I'm not, I'm not anti-vaccine. I'm not either. Nathan isn't. You said you weren't either. It's, but let's do it right. Yeah. yeah. Every other medication goes through this process of having a having being tested against a true saline placebo. Why are vaccines exempt from that? And when you bring this up with people, you know, talk about you're talking about the aluminum adjuvant and that it's toxic and you know it's it doesn't belong in the human body. Sometimes people will say, yeah, but there's aluminum in everything. It's in deodorant, it's in makeup, it's in lotions, it's in food. That is different ingesting aluminum, you're only, you have the protection of the GI system. You have the kidneys, you have the stomach acid, you have livers that are filtering, your, your liver that is filtering this out. When it is injected, you are absorbing essentially 100% of it. Mm -hmm. When it's ingested, you're only absorbing 0.01 to 5% of the aluminum. So that argument that, oh, aluminum's everywhere, it's, it's around spinach. us, like I've don't worry about <laughs> it. I have heard people say that where it's yeah. like, Aluminum's everywhere. It's like you're not injecting it yeah. into your body. I mean, we they are, but when you're just walking around every day, like it's so different going through the system and totally. having the protection of the GI system. Well, so let me let me take you one step further. I'll show you how Paul Check's mind works. I've done a lot of research on salt, and one of the big problems we have with salt is it carries a lot of mercury, aluminum, and other heavy metals because of the toxicity in the oceans. So before you could even have a placebo, you'd have to test the salt to see if yeah. it's free yeah. because how much mercury is safe in your body? Zero. Yeah. yeah. How much aluminum do you want in your food? Zero. Yeah. So if you, you would even have to do a, a very comprehensive analysis on the salt you're using in a placebo yeah. before you could determine if even that was a placebo. So, you know, this is the kind of holistic thinking that you have to have to do real science. And remember... Follow the money. The, yeah. the fact that the FDA allows the companies asking for approval for drugs, vaccines, and other products to do their own research is the most ridiculous concept I've ever seen in my life. I yeah. mean, that alone should make everyone very nervous. 
Hi, everybody. I'm sure you've heard me bragging about Paleo Valley over the years of listening to my podcast, and there's a very good reason for that. Not only do I love the genius of Autumn Smith, a holistic nutritionist, but her products are phenomenally good. My kids love them, I love them, and we all use them every day. My students love them, my clients love them, and they are absolutely top notch. One of my kids' favorite snacks is Paleo Valley's bone broth in chocolate. They love to make their hot chocolate drink themselves simply by whisking up collagen-rich protein powder in a mug of hot water. And I'm happy to let them indulge as I know it is packed full of great nutrition for them in the disguise of a sweet treat. Even us big kids love our sweet treats. And isn't it great when we can enjoy something that not only tastes great, but is truly great for us? Paleo Valley's 100% Grass-fed bone broth protein is the only of its kind made from truly grass-fed cows raised on pesticide-free grass pastures. It's made from bones, not hides, slowly simmered to extract the proteins and nutrients. Gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and dairy-free, the chocolate mix includes organic coconut milk powder, organic cacao bean, organic monk fruit that makes a sweet, creamy, delicious drink that my kids, family, and friends just can't get enough of. You can also add to smoothies, use it in baking, or mix it with your coffee for a healthy mocha treat. Paleo Valley's bone broth protein is also available in vanilla and unflavored. To try Paleo Valley's excellent bone broth protein and save 15% on your purchase, go to paleovalley.com forward slash lowercase c-h-e-k 15. No promo is required. That's P-A-L-E-O. V-A-L-L-E-Y dot com forward slash C-H-E-K 15 to get your 15% discount as a Living 4D listener. No promo code is required. And I promise you, not only will you love this stuff, your kids will love it. You can giggle and laugh because they think they're getting a sweet dessert right before bed, but they will love it and sleep great. And boy, do we parents love it when our kids sleep great. Enjoy Paleo Valley's amazing products. Well, there's some additional black magic here because a lot of people might be listening and saying, okay, so maybe there's some potential harms, but if it's going to prevent cervical cancer, maybe it's worth it. Maybe it's worth That's emphasizing why I said the benefits. That's why we got to look at the, right. the, the statistics on probability of getting the virus or the illness That's right. versus mm-hmm. what happens when you take the vaccine. Right. So when we consider, when we consider this question of whether it works, right? That's another part of the FDA approval process. Well, the issue with cervical cancer, as we've mentioned, is it takes years to decades for this to develop. Merck is not going to wait around for two decades to see if its vaccine prevents cervical cancer. Yet, their B1 Less campaign advertised very clearly, this product prevents cervical cancer. So instead of using cervical cancer rates, Merck looked at the likelihood of These syn lesions, that's the abnormal cells on the cervix that are confirmed on cervical biopsy, those painful chunks that are taken out. And those surrogate markers of syn 2 and syn 3 are a little bit problematic because a large portion of them, in fact, the majority of those are going to regress on their own. So are we preventing cervical cancer? Are we preventing a syn lesion that's otherwise Mm going to regress anyways? And especially if you're finding health coaches and you're adopting some of the holistic lifestyle coaching principles, your likelihood of those clearing is even going to go higher. So we have a big problem there with these surrogate markers. The other issue is that if you already have HPV um, 16 and 18, and we then give you this Gardasil 9 vaccine, 
that from Merck's own data, they found that women mm-hmm. who had HPV 16 or 18, which are the two highest risk strains of HPV, and then we gave you the vaccine, you had a greater chance of developing one of these high-grade cervical lesions. So you could say, if you're not being super thoughtful, that the vaccine caused the high-risk cervical lesions, maybe, because we do know that vaccines may disrupt the um, immune system through original antigenic sin, which I don't have to get into right now. But um, in, a, in addition, it may also have given people the false impression that they're protected against cervical cancer, as mm-hmm. Merck yeah. advertised. And now they're maybe being a little bit, I don't know, a little bit more cavalier with their sexual practices and, and the number of partners they have. So yeah. we don't have a lot here that's supporting Merck. And that's why there's ongoing litigation in nearly every state. There's something I want to put on the table to hear what both of you have to say about this, particularly you, Nathan, because you're an MD. And I've never seen studies on this. There might be some out there. I've not seen any. Um There has been times when I've looked but couldn't find any, and that is this. The placebo effect, when you take a vaccine and believe you're protected, I believe the placebo effect may be more powerful than the vaccine (laughs) itself. Yeah. So we've never actually, I don't know of any studies that have actually looked at the psychological placebo effect of how the belief that you're protected provides protection compared to the vaccine being the protective factor. You understand what I'm saying? And I'll give you an example. There's a lot of studies on sham surgeries. I've seen it in uh, studies on soccer players with meniscal tears and all sorts of stuff. And all they do is just poke a hole in the skin. They don't actually do the surgery. And athletes (laughs) who previously had so much pain they had to go get an operation behave and function mm-hmm. as though they had no problem at all. They've done this yeah. in cardiothoracic surgery as well with some of the They've some of the coronary artery vessels. With many yeah. types yeah. of surgery. And I'm what so you see the point I'm making. Yeah. Just the act of getting the vaccine can have more of a protective effect due to the psychological effect and which would of, of course affect the immune system than the vaccine itself. So we don't really know how much of the so-called benefits attributed to vaccines are actually psychological. Right. Mm-hmm. What was psychophysical yeah. versus the actual vaccine. Yeah. And these are things that people aren't asking questions about. You really have to look into this stuff because even if you have a positive psychological effect from the vaccine, but you're getting heavy metal poisoning from the vaccine, <laughs> you're not likely to go, oh, this mercury that I've just been, my functional medicine doctor says I have five times the safe limit of mercury or aluminum in my body. Most people aren't going to think, oh, it's because of the vaccines I got. They're going to think, oh, it's from can liners or from whatever. And they're just going to detoxify it with whatever means they can. And isn't it just amazing that during COVID, they made almost every single (laughs) heavy metal detox program unavailable. Unavailable, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they forced Dr. Minkoff to take his excellent enzyme-based Heavy metal detox, heavy metal, detox yeah. metal free off yeah. the market and reformulate it right at that time, which is one of the most effective things I've ever used clinically. And it's as effective as uh, chelation therapy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing that I wanted, wanted yeah. to add to your um, explanation of the, the vaccine and efficacy and how there is possibly negative efficacy if you have already been exposed to the HPV 16 and 18, for instance. What I'm hearing from women is all over the place that they get diagnosed and that their doctor then recommends getting the vaccine after the fact when 
on the CDC website itself, it says that it's contraindicated and that it will not clear an existing HPV infection. Mm. So why then am I hearing from hundreds of women who are positive for HPV that their provider is recommending getting the vaccine. When I inquire with them, you know, they come to me, should I get this? Or maybe I already got this because my doctor recommended it because I tested positive. In my head, I know there is that negative efficacy and that it's not going to clear yeah. an existing uh, an existing infection. When I inquire with them, they say, well, my doctor wanted me to feel like I was doing something. Hmm. Which just again makes me so angry. They were doing something, making a lot of money for the they were doctors getting, and the drug companies. Yeah. Yeah. The answer to your question is an S with two lines through it. Right. And so what I want to say to them is, yes, there is so much you can do. I would not recommend the vaccine for what it is you're trying to do, which is clear the clear the yeah. virus. Yeah. There's so much else that's available to us to adjust and change and balance in our life to then su- to support the body in doing what it knows how to do, which is heal itself. Mm-hmm. You don't have to ask the body to heal itself. It does it when it has the necessary nutrients, tools, and uh, space and safety yeah. to do what it knows how to do, which is why you and I teamed up, which is to give people more tools and more options to look at their lifestyle and support their body in in such a way that it it can do what it's meant to do without invasive procedures if that doesn't feel right to you simply looking at your lifestyle adding in a few things maybe taking out some things that aren't so helpful and i mean our approach has been wildly successful thus far and uh, I, I just, I just want to encourage people who, who are out there, you know, you might be listening and dealing with this yourself. There's so much you can do that doesn't involve an injection. And so, it's not even that like expensive, like the no, stuff that we're recommending here. A lot of the stuff is free. It's totally free. Yeah. We just have to start applying it. Yeah. Breathing is free. Sleeping is sunshine. free. Cold water is free. Sunshine. Epsom salts, bath, intimacy, free, high... <laughs> Increasing fiber in your diet to detox, clays, clays added to water that can pull heavy metals out of the body is free. Stillness, just sitting stillness, in stillness. Meditation, and, yeah, my- not poisoning your body with things that shut your immune system down, getting simplified processed sugars out of your diet. I mean, the list is freaking long. That's why I focused my whole career on these things. Right. Because, yeah. you know, right. if you don't address these things... You just keep trading one problem for another. It's, yeah. it's mm-hmm. just endless. It's just, and you know, when you see what they feed children in in school lunch, uh, on school in school lunches, and the crap that they put in people's body. I mean, this just boils down to. I think one of the gifts for people is that, sadly, it takes an event like this to actually make them all of a sudden wake, wake up, up yeah. to say, "Wow, maybe I need to take care of myself." And and I think yeah. that was one of the gifts of COVID. It, it made people really wake up mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah. it made people actually start, <laughs> interestingly, I would go down to the rock store where I buy all my big rocks um, when I need rocks from my rock garden and the place is packed. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm like, I said to the people in the, in the, in the office where you go pay for your stuff, I said, well, what in the world? I said, I've been never seen so many people here in my life. And they said, well, now that people are staying home, they want to make their yards really nice. So you see, what, what? why is that important? Because 
all of a sudden now people want to create a beautiful mm -hmm. home environment. That's right. And they're doing nice landscapes. These are the things that are part of your immune health and yeah. your psychological health. Yeah. yeah. Who wants to sit in an ugly home with an ugly yard? I mean, so th this is just like your... This is why I have my concept of the echo, energy, chemistry, hydration, organisms, mm. whatever's outside of you comes into you, right. and what you, the way you relate to your environment impacts the environment. So it's a double-edged sword. You poison the environment, you eat, sleep, you eat it, you breathe it, you drink it. Yeah. You poison yourself, you lose consciousness, and you keep doing stupid things to the environment. Right. And so you echo yourself right into a, a, mm -hmm. a death. I think a lot of people will love to know that HPV generally, for the most part, can be cleared very, very easily within one year of that positive screen, probably even before that. But we know from the data, 90% of HPV will go away. Mm -hmm. And if you're wondering, oh my gosh, what if I fall into that 10% that doesn't? Am I going to die from cervical cancer? No. In fact, if you applied a lot of what you just described and a lot of what we teach in our program, you're going to lower that risk of of being in the 10% yeah. down to like mm -hmm. nil, maybe nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you talked a lot about environment and we were riffing on, on water a little bit. So, you know, a lot of people think of cancer still through the lens of, you know, the genes are going to determine if a cell becomes cancerous. Well, they've done a lot of work in molecular biology now and they've taken healthy cells and cancerous cells. They've flopped, flip-flopped their, their nuclei so that the healthy cell now has the quote cancerous nucleus and that healthy cell remains healthy. The cancerous cell that got the new nucleus remains cancerous, which tells us that there's the environment around the genes mm, epigenetics, that act, yeah. yeah, that that actually um, is is more determinant of what's going to happen to that cell. So there's been quite a bit of research around the role of the cytoplasm, the quality of the water that's that that is really contained in the in the the majority volume of the cell. Um, there's been a variety of research, Luc Montagne actually, and yes. the PhD, and I his work his with the, the HIV nucleic acid mm -hmm. um, and water remembering the frequency mm -hmm. of, of the nucleic acid, sending that audio file, recording it and sending it across Europe, playing it for a vial that has nucleotides and polymerase, and magically the HIV nucleic acid appears there. Mm -hmm. So there's far more to this, this um, fourth phase of water, as Gerald Pollack put it, and you've invested quite a bit in, in, into your work in Spirit Gym into this topic. Um, but all of that is to say water could be a great analogy for a metaphor for the environment around the genes yeah. as a driver as, how, as to how those genes mm -hmm. are, um, are expressed. And so when we talk about lifestyle, we're not just talking about you know, um, you need to go out and buy a bunch of really, really expensive supplements or whatever. There is a no. role for directed supplementation. But what's really most important is the very fundamentals of mm -hmm. what keep you going are also going to help you integrate the message of yeah. HPV mm -hmm. and not end up in the OBGYN's clinic six months yeah. later wondering why you're getting a piece of your cervix lopped off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's um, really that whole approach that you're talking about with the vaccine the HPV vaccine, in my mind, it's classic biohacking. It's taking yeah. shortcuts that don't work. Yeah. And, you know, as a side note, I, I, I tell people biohacking is really an attempt to take shortcuts. There is no escape from the work of being healthy. And I remind people the work of being healthy keeps you healthy, but the work of taking shortcuts almost guarantees you're going to be sick. Yeah. The work of not taking the work, doing the work of being healthy always leads you to problems yeah 
In other words, you're going to do work in one or direction or the other. Right. Why, why not just do it in the direction that always pays off? Yeah. It's just yeah. unbelievable that... And you'll be getting hard-ons again. You'll be yeah. waking up feeling arrested. You'll like yeah. be attracted. Your skin will clear up. Like All of this other yeah. stuff is still a part mm-hmm. of what's going on upstream. Your joints will be healthy. Yeah. Your blood pressure will be better. Your cognitive function will be better. I mean... Uh, you're talking about the environment in our body, so you're talking about every function in your body. That's right. Yeah. This period, it's just that simple. It's all based in water. There's 30 billion billion biochemical reactions a second in the human body, 100% of which are water dependent. Yeah. So that's everything. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's crazy, but you know, I, I think it's just sad. Um, did you want to talk about the Gardasil nine vaccine? That's the one that we've. That's the one we were harping on. That's, oh, okay. Yeah, that's we just call it Gardasil for short, but okay. it is Gardasil. It used to be used to just cover four strains, and then they re-upped it to, or they they modified it so it now includes nine strains. So Gardasil nine is the one that's currently in the market as a means of quote preventing cervical cancer, which we've discussed doesn't it doesn't do that trick. Well, part of the problem is is that this these issues we're discussing get me so damn irritated. <laughs> I'm like thinking like how far down the rabbit hole do people have to go before they freaking yeah. wake up yeah yeah we're cut from the same cloth there i, I told you i have to take breaks for, because it's it's so maddening frustrating and um just man it'll get you going i do think it would be helpful you know since we did talk a little bit about directed supplementation yeah. once you have the, the bases laid down people mm-hmm. are like okay i've done those things and i believe them Mm-hmm. There are some additional things that can be done. I think it's really, really important to talk about yeah. <laughs> what seems almost like a miracle sort of mm-hmm. uh, adjuvant to yeah. a healthy lifestyle. Do you want to talk a little bit about Immune Intel HCC? Yeah, yeah. So when we have the pillars in place, like nutrition, movement, mindset, stillness, another thing that women and men can do to help support their immune system because 100% of the time, it's the immune system that clears the virus from your body. It's no doctor. It's no shot. It's, it's nothing else. It's your immune system. So when we ask the question, okay, how can we amplify the innate intelligence of the immune system? This is where my work with Immune Intel HCC comes in, which, um, which I've been educating on for about five years now, close to six years now. And uh, what it is, so AHCC stands for Active Hexose Correlated Compound, and it's a patented mushroom product that comes from the mycelia of shiitake mushrooms. Mm-hmm. So they take the mycelia, these, uh, these Japanese researchers in the late 80s, Really, um, they got the patent on this manufacturing process. It's very unique. It's not just like eating a bunch of shiitake mushrooms. It goes through this very in-depth manufacturing process, this culturing process. And what they found was it was so powerful for the immune system. In early research, it was cancer and liver disease. And they were just seeing like amazing results from this mushroom-based product that, by the way, had zero negative side effects. We know the power, all of us here, we know the power of medicinal mushrooms and that they are very synergistic with the human body. Mm-hmm. And so with zero negative side effects and an, uh, an effectiveness equal to that of any pharmaceutical out there, not only that, but the highest quality standards of manufacturing out there equal to and that of any pharmaceutical. It's also a source of nutrition. Right. A pharmaceutical right. isn't. Right. Yeah. And yeah. the diff- one of the main differences is that we, we know that mushrooms, 
they are immune modulators. Mm -hmm. So they're not necessarily just boosting the immune mm -hmm. system. They're actually able to go in and sort of act like naturopathic doctors yeah. in a way. This, mm -hmm. They have this adaptogenic nature where they can adjust and balance and start to normalize the immune system. So we see AHCC really um, helpful for people with some, you know, something like cancer or liver disease or HPV, but it's also very helpful for someone with autoimmune, <laughs> with an autoimmune condition, yeah. because again, it has this normalizing effect. So when we talk about immune intel AHCC in regard to HPV, there's been uh, quite a few different studies. Uh, they started in vitro in the lab, and then they moved to a mouse model, and then they've had a few um, human clinical trials. And the research that's coming out of there is, is just astounding. So the latest study was a double-blinded, placebo-controlled uh, human study where they had 41 women, 41 women finished the study, 50 were enrolled. Um, they had 41 women, which I know is a, is a small sample size, but you got to start somewhere, especially when you're using natural products and they're not, it's not funded by pharmaceutical company. So these women had uh, all confirmed persistent high-risk HPV, meaning that for whatever reason, their body could not clear it for over two years. So these women were all confirmed. They were split into two groups, the experimental group and a true placebo, a group that was just an inert pill placebo. And they gave these women three grams of AHCC per day for six months. What they saw in the treatment group was that over 64% of women were cleared of their persistent HPV in six months or less. That is changing nothing else in their lifestyle. Right. Just adding in this medicinal mushroom product. Mm -hmm. On the flip side, the placebo group, you have to compare, okay, how many women over there cleared HPV in six, in six months? Only two of the 19 women were able to clear their HPV on their own with no, with no other intervention. So that is a very statistically significant difference between the placebo group and the treatment group with, by the way, like I said, zero negative side effects. Um, that that six-month time frame, frame is kind of the average. That was the study. But... <laughs> Some of those women might have taken, you know, maybe seven months or eight months. You know, that's just the the length of the study. Um, and then what they what they did with the placebo group was they um, they said, okay, you were in the placebo group. Would you like to participate and receive, you know, AHCC as part of your treatment? Uh, Twelve more women said yes, and fifty percent of those women were cleared in another six months mm. of using AHCC when previously they weren't able to. Yeah. So. Obviously, this research is ongoing. It needs to be ongoing. Uh, something that they're studying right now is how long do women need to take AHCC after that first negative test? So say they test negative, woohoo, we celebrate. What's the, recommended, what's the recommended time that they should take AHCC after that negative test? Um, because for whatever reason, the way that the virus is interacting with the body that what they do see is that there is benefit to taking it even after a, a negative test um, for maybe a few months. So that's something that they're studying right now. But um, so that's kind of a, a rundown of how this mushroom product relates to uh, HPV. And part of my mission, part of my one love, my dream <laughs> in this on, on earth is to tell people about AHCC. I'm spreading and the word. I'm seeing a I huge know. benefit in my practice. It's it's 
been f- remarkable. I'm so happy that I met you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just great to be able to offer a truly safe supplement <laughs> with no measured negative side effects. Um, and by the way, it's not it's not an HPV supplement. I've had women start to take this and they come back to me and they're like, oh my gosh, my cycle is regular now. I'm pooping better. My skin is clear. My no hormones herpes, feel balanced. Herpes outbreaks. Herpes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is just one indication of using AHCC because again, it's a human body supplement. It's not an HPV supplement. It just happens to work really, really well for HPV. There are, a, there are a bunch of other supplements. Like during COVID, the uh, front line was at the Critical Care COVID Alliance. The FLCCC had released a whole bunch of protocols that included things like honey, quercetin, vitamin C, vitamin B complex, zinc. Of course, you have to add copper to zinc. You don't want to get uh, zinc in, zinc excess induced copper deficiency. But you add all of that and then you add ivermectin, which by the way, Robert McCulloch just came out and presented mm-hmm. some peer-reviewed literature on how effective ivermectin was along with curcumin and it was uh, natokinase at, 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 at supporting people with viral illness. But anyways, you add all of that with some melatonin and elderberry and you have a cocktail there that can be an addition to an already healthy lifestyle, mm-hmm. but it's not a replacement for that. Right. This is just polishing off your lifestyle so that you can be completely prepared yeah. to not only live um, optimally from an endocrine standpoint, um, and an energetic standpoint, but also your immune health is going to be boosted and you're not gonna have to worry about this stuff. And it's something that you can start right away. As soon as you get a a positive test, you can start taking something like AHCC right away to help bolster the immune system, increase that innate magical intelligence that exists in your body already. And then, adopt these other lifestyle factors, which sometimes take some time yeah, to adjust and to absolutely. really receive the benefits. Sometimes it's overnight, but um, it, it's just a, it's a really good option for people who truly want to start doing something today that they know is going to have a measured, demonstrable, clinically demonstrable, totally. positive benefit. Totally. Hello, everybody. Happy holidays. You know, the holidays are typically a time when we overeat or eat foods that we don't normally indulge in. And this can cause digestive upsets, bloating, skin eruptions, bags under your eyes, congestion, immune stress, brain fog, joints, aches and pains, and overall stress on our digestive system. It's all about having a good time, but I also like to enjoy holidays without having to endure the collateral damage we so often experience. Bioptimizer's masszymes are not only very powerful digestive aids made with the most advanced enzyme technology in the world today, they can effectively break down and aid metabolism of foods that our mind loves, but our body may not love so much. Support your digestion this holiday with Bioptimizer's masszymes and support your wallet with a special discount for Living 4D listeners. Go to masszymes.com. Dot com that's m a s s z y m e s dot com forward slash paul ten lowercase paul ten and use the promo code lowercase paul ten to save ten percent on a bottle of masszymes purchase more than one bottle or subscribe to monthly auto ship and save even more once again to get your masszymes go to masszymes.com forward slash paul ten with the code Paul 10. With Masszymes, you can have fun on your holidays and beyond and know that you're supporting your body too. Enjoy. There's another couple things I want to share. One, I don't know if you guys are aware, you know who Rupert Sheldrake is, of Mm -hmm. course. His son, Merlin Sheldrake, 
has spent years doing scientific research on what the mushrooms. Name? Merlin Sheldrake. <laughs> well, when you when you check this out, his new book, which is available on audio, is all about his research on mushrooms, and it's mind-boggling. Really? Do you it's, know the name of it? I can't remember the title. I have it here somewhere in my library. It's on my phone as well. But just search Merlin Sheldrake on Amazon. Amazing. Because I think it's the only book he's ever written. And it is mind-boggling what he has demonstrated from all the scientific research on mushrooms. It'll make you realize fungi are wickedly intelligent. Oh, yeah. And imagine, like, in a world that's so divided, we're all so siloed off. They wanted us isolated and masking and not seeing other one another's faces. The, the thing that we're craving the most is authentic mm -hmm. connection. And that's what mushrooms do mushrooms for the whole Mushrooms do that. World. It's an allegory for the entire thing, connecting mm -hmm. the entire they're ecosystem. The, they're the the internet of the world. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. what they are. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I say about uh, immune Intel HCC because it's made from the shiitake um, mycelia. The mycelia is not just a root system. It's not just grabbing nutrients. It's communicating with the mm -hmm. other plants and trees and flowers around it. So the mycelia actually operate as sort of the immune system and the neural network yes. of the whole fungal Versus organism. Versus the fruiting bodies, which is right. what most people are all right. you know, you know, excited about. But mm -hmm. there's, there's Which have their own benefits. Totally, totally. But this is truly one of a kind. I call it the mushroom unicorn because there's a lot <laughs> of diluted mycel myceliated grain products out there. And that's a whole nother podcast. There's nothing else like HCC and how it's manufactured in the yeah. process that's yeah. patented. My second point was is that a lot of people overlook the fact that there are many, many, many herbs that are immune supportive, mm -hmm. immune modulators. And most people would be far better off to go see a skilled herbologist yeah. to, to get support before they started taking drugs or in some cases even vaccines. Yeah. I mean, Mother Nature is wickedly intelligent. We she have is. gotten... You know, one of the things that irritated the shit out of me, I've studied the history of medicine, and one of the things that I found very disappointing is that if you looked into the number of drugs that are actually made from, as the byproduct of drug researchers being sent out into the jungles mm -hmm. to steal the formulas from native cultures. Oh, yeah. And actually taking the formulas from the natives that were made right out of the jungle and right out of nature... And then synthesizing it into a drug yeah. instead of telling you and never giving any of these people credit, never giving them any money for their wise counsel. It's just criminal. It's criminal. It's over, yeah. I think, if I'm remembering correctly, because I, I, I've seen that as well. Over 75%, upwards of 75% of pharmaceuticals today are actually have their connection. They, their root is to a plant or a fungus yes. or an organism from mm -hmm. nature yep. that they've somehow, you know, artificially synthesized in a lab. Well, it's so they can patent it. Yeah. yeah. That's the whole point. They want to own it. And and it's it's just, you know, we get back to something very simple. If you learn what I teach in my holistic lifestyle coach training from HLC1 onward, if you learn to listen to your body it will guide you to the food you need to give you the nutrients that you need. And as long as you're eating organic and biodynamic foods, mm -hmm. you're actually, your body will tell you there's a reason you all of a sudden crave blueberries. There's a reason you all of a sudden, all of a sudden crave yellow peppers or any number of things. That's right. But as soon as you start getting rigid in your diet and you stop paying attention to your body, you've already got one foot in the grave and the other yeah. one's close by. 
So then you go buy cheap supplements and and take drugs, and you are just you know burying yourself all the all the while thinking you're doing something healthy with cheap supplements and stuff like that. So I'm super glad to hear about your your mushroom product because um, you know we talked about the how the mycelium is a you know how it modulates the menstrual cycle. How it, basically, it's integrating the body. And That's it's, right. And, and the yeah. thing is, what what happens when you take several grams of magic mushrooms, mm-hmm. you become integrated into the entire cosmos. Yeah. yeah. Right? And, oh, yeah. And Terrence McKenna wrote about this extensively in his book, The Food of the Gods, and how it was one of the things that tribes used to keep the egos from getting too out of control. Yeah. They had s- seasonal mushroom yeah. ceremonies so that you could reconnect yourself to the web of life and not get too out of control with egotistical behavior which is destructive to a tribe and destructive to life yeah and so there's a lot of beauty in that and i'm super glad to hear about that and i'm glad i know about it now because now i know um where i can send people to when whenever they come across is is there other things that that would be good for outside of hpv type stuff yeah so there it's currently the most clinically researched specialty immune specialty immune supplement in the world. Most of the research is around cancer and liver disease. That's where it started, where they were like, oh my gosh, there's there's something here. Um, for instance, there was a study where um, it's actually in this book here. This is a really great book for anyone that wants to learn more about AHCC called AHCC, The Medical Breakthrough in Natural Immunotherapy by Dr. Fred Pescatore, who I have had on my podcast. He was the first doctor in the United States to start using AHCC. And where he started was his most aggressive in um, the the patients who were not responding to any other treatment uh, with liver disease. Mm. He didn't have any answers for them and nothing was working. So he started implementing HCC into his practice and then he wrote this book. One of the studies uh, revolves around cancer. There was 196 people, ovarian cancer, stomach cancer, all, all different types of cancer that they included in this study. They gave them three to six grams of AHCC per day for six months. And that's, oh, a, that's a pretty big dose. What's the dose here? So for the therapeutic dose is three grams. So that's four of our capsules. Four caps. Four capsules. How much is the bottle of that? How how much does it cost? Yeah, uh, it's about eighty eight dollars on subscription. So how long? How many days of of that? So you would need two bottles at that dose, two bottles a month at that dose, if you wanted to take the full therapeutic dose. Right. There is still benefit to taking a lower dose, but mm-hmm. a lot of times people want to go in with like, okay, what's the dose that's supported by research? And three grams is sort of the minimum therapeutic dose that they see for HPV, for autoimmune, for liver disease, and for cancer. Mm-hmm. So that's where and, they uh, started. Treatment-resistant epilepsy as well. Treatment-resistant yeah. epilepsy, medication-resistant yeah. epilepsy. Um, so in this study, 196 patients had uh, basically cancer to the point where they had no other options. Mm-hmm. Surgery wasn't going to fix it. Chemo was doing nothing for them. Mm-hmm. And what they found was um, a large majority, over 50% of the uh, of the 196 patients, their tumor shrunk 50% or more. So 17% of the people in this study at the end of six months had 
they, their cancer was gone. Wow. It was completely gone. Their tumor shrunk to zero. Mm-hmm. I can show you the exact study in here, but that's just one of many in this book. There's literally hundreds of studies in this book related to cancer. Well, it seems to me this would be something a, a person would want to take as a, a prophylactic, like it's a general health supplement. I do. I take two capsules every single day. Nathan takes it. Chase takes it as well. So what it's doing is it's amplifying the innate immune intelligence. That's why we called it immune intel. It's raising the NK cells whose primary purpose is to target (laughs) mutated cells like cancer cells and viral replication. So when you keep NK cells very high and optimal, you're coming into contact with things and your body is just like dealing with them like mm-hmm. it's nothing. And um, specifically for cancer cells, what they find with AHCC, cancer cells have this w- unique ability to go under the radar of the immune system. AHCC basically unmasks these cancer cells so that the NK cells, which it's increasing, can go in and target these mutated cells. So it has multiple mechanisms of action. It's not just one, like yeah. like a pharmaceutical that has, yeah. does one thing in the well, body. Mushrooms typically function that way. Yeah. That's yeah. the beauty. Um, I'm glad you told me about that because I have two personal friends that are right on the edge of death with cancer right now. I could give you countless stories <laughs> from this book, testimonials, and from my own life. People coming to me, hey, my dad has pancreatic cancer, stage four pancreatic cancer. This was a couple years ago. Um, he decided to not go through with treatment. He only used AHCC and he was celebrating no cancer uh, about six months wow. later. That's fantastic. I'm going to take a picture of the book and the bottle and I'm going to send it out to several people that I know and I'm going to talk to you about testing it on myself. Great. I'd yeah. love to. Maybe we should do a study. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we should. But yeah, honestly, this this would be a really good book for your library to, you know, send to anyone who I will, comes to I, you with I cancer. Will, I can probably get it right on Amazon. I it's twelve dollars on Amazon and it's it, once you read through this book, it's small but potent. It is absolutely undeniable. That's fantastic. Well, the only thing we have to cover is guilt and shame and the mind-body connection, which I've been talking about with the placebo, mm-hmm. and we've alluded to it. Is there anything that you'd like to close the podcast out with on that topic? Um, I would just like to say that um, there is a big piece of shame. This, this topic of shame in connection to HPV is very real. And I hear the stories directly from women. Um, I think a lot of this shame in connection to sex and sexuality has its roots in um, religious culture, uh, religious, (laughs) (laughs) religious practices. So, so this is a, this is a big topic and it's one that I know very well from my own life. And uh, I won't go into deep into my story, but I'll just say I carried shame in my body for years. And I was able through my life and through working with people like Paul and really investing in my own inner world health, I was able to release that. And um, I, I am grateful now for the learning opportunity that I had in my life because now I can help women who are currently experiencing that take them through my process and they can take what resonates, leave what doesn't. Um, But this is a huge piece of the conversation. And um, 
unfortunately, because there is no, which we haven't mentioned yet, there is no FDA approved simple test for men to get HPV tested, mm, right. to get screened. So the burden of diagnosis lies on the woman, mm. unfortunately. So she is the one, unless a man has one of the low risk strains, which you know are more tied to benign growths and genital warts, um, but if he if he's if she's got a high risk strain, it's on her shoulders. Yeah. And um, a lot of women feel very isolated. And um, I hear words like I feel gross. I feel so dirty. I don't want to tell anyone. I don't want to date. I was shamed by my gynecologist. Like it's it's honestly very heartbreaking for me to hear. I just want to like reach through my phone and give these women a hug because Mm -hmm. I know how they feel. I know what that feeling feels like. Mm -hmm. I know what the frequency of shame feels like. And Mm -hmm. I just want to give encouragement that it, it's not going to serve you. And um, there's so many other helpful, productive emotions and things to experience. Shame is not helpful in the long run. It can help us to reflect in the short term, in that invitation to evaluate our lifestyle, but it is not helpful long-term. And it only degrades your sense of self and your relationship to self if you're carrying it for years. Yeah. Well, so shame, shame simply equates to, I don't love myself. And the problem is, is if you have shame about your yeah. sex organs, you, you withdraw yeah. your spirit from your sex organs, and that opens the door wide for a long list of uh, negative effects. Um, if you for example, listen to my podcast and my um, series, Are You Possessed with Kedrich Olson. The first thing that happens when you withdraw your spirit from any part of your body, you're very susceptible to entity possession yeah. right there. Yeah. And, and then the environment there is psychologically unhealthy, which produces biological reactions that mirror that psychic yeah. energy. And, you know, I think when it comes to shame, the question that I always people to ask themselves deeply and honestly, is it really true? What's the, you see, shame is always based on a prior belief. God won't love me if yeah. um, I sin because. So when you ask yourself, is it really true? Should I really feel shameful about the fact that I enjoyed sex? Even if it's extramarital there's always a reason people are having extramarital sex. There's something not being resolved in the relationship, right? right? So what it is, it's a search for love. Yeah. And some people don't have the relational skills or um, feel safe in talking, but there's a lot of complexities. I mean, uh, you know, I've been dealing with these issues in patients for my whole career. So what I'm saying is you have to ask the question, is it really true? that I should feel shameful for this. And if the person says yes, I say, okay, why do you believe that? It almost always goes back yeah. to some passage in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And then I say, is that really true? And they often say yes. They say, how do you know it's true? Because someone else told you that. That's, yeah. all, that's all you know. Because you've been learning it your entire you, life. You've just got programmed yeah. behavior. Yep. And I say, well, you know, let's remember, God is unconditional love. So you don't get shame from God. You get shame from a belief system. Mm -hmm. So the first thing you got to do whenever you're in a state of shame is say, is this true or is it a product of a belief system? And are there other people who have done the same things that I have 
but for some reason do not feel shameful about it. And what is the belief system that sets them free? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not talking about lying to yourself. I'm not talking about just making shit up to free yourself. I'm saying this is where we have to be really honestly centered in ourself and look deeply into the belief systems and look at the people that are also living that belief system and see what it's doing for them. As I told both of you before we started the podcast, of the probably 30 to 40 women in my career that have come to me with cancer of either the cervix or the ovaries, every single one of them was raised Catholic. Mm. Mm. Every single one. It got to the point where when my assistant would do the intake paperwork and come, so here's your new client, and oh, by the way, she's got cancer of the cervix or cancer of the ovaries or you know, or even men with cancer of the testicles or any of the sex organs, I always would say, let me guess, Catholic, yes. Wow. And so what's the point? That belief system does not produce healthy yeah. relationships with ourselves, and it's a very body antagonistic belief system. It's a world antagonistic belief system. It's a women antagonistic belief system right down the pipe. Yeah. Uh, and and that's the whole of Christianity. And and also this is runs through the Abrahamic religions with like fire. So sometimes these are opportunities to really ask yourself, is the myth that I'm living healthy for me? Yeah. And you know, if if your re- relationship with God has the qualities of an abusive relationship, <laughs> right? If you read the God of the Bible and say, if I was married to that man, would it be a healthy relationship? Well, anybody that says yes has got a very deep psychological problem. Yeah. And so the point that I'm making as a very experienced therapist, you you know, these are invitations to go to your heart and say, if God is unconditional love and God ultimately wants to live, love, grow, and evolve and self-realize, which is what we're all doing— when is my shame becoming destructive and therefore giving me more problems? And when is it actually helping me become more aware of the need for a potential upgrade? And where is it also helping me see where maybe I've made choices that were inferior, but know that we all do that. And when we recognize that, that's called growth. And we go out and live. Mm Mm-hmm more true to our heart, more true to, to our family, our friends, our lovers. Yeah. yeah. And then shame actually becomes um, powerfully helpful. Yeah, it can be really supportive to the accumulation of wisdom it throughout is. your you, life that yeah. then you, hopefully will make your life better as you go on. Look, you cannot acquire wisdom without experience and making mistakes. It's impossible. Yeah. 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 So if we don't have experience, we're not alive. And if we don't make a mistake then we're either not human or we're not paying attention to reality. I mean, I've made a million mistakes. I mean, I remember, you know, most of us have heard the story, but somebody asked Thomas Edison, how many tries did it take you to make a light bulb? 10,000. He said, my God, the interviewer said, oh, my God, how how did you keep going with all these mistakes? He says, I just knew I was getting one step closer with yeah. every one of them and I yeah. kept going till I got it. Yeah. And so I think we all have to, have some empathy and compassion. Life is very complicated. Yeah, people yeah. are very complicated. Yeah, and like we're gonna make mistakes. And love is very powerful. 
You know, love does not have rules. I'm sorry. I mean, I've met people that were having extramarital sex the day they got married, you know? It's this love is very, very, very powerful stuff, and it takes a lot of life experience to learn how to manage love. I think sometimes we have to realize that our body is the altar of worship within which we reside. Mm-hmm. And if shame is tainting the altar, then it's not healthy. Right. Right? If you take shame and call it shit, would you like it if someone put shit all over your <laughs> prayer altar? No. No. So we have to, you know, make sure shame doesn't turn into shit in our altar and really grow into a deeper, healthier relationship with our soul, which is God within us. Or we can give ourselves, I mean, the number of people that I've met that admitted to me that they beat themselves up and ultimately gave themselves a disease because they were so afraid that when they died, God would burn them in hell. So they figured if they did a good enough job torturing themselves, Mm. that God would take it easier on them is unbelievable. And all of that is based on a very false conception of God that comes out of books. Comes out of books. And pulpits. And pulpits. Yeah, Yeah. books and mouths. And anyhow, I've said enough about that. But I, you know, I think, you know, God is empathy and compassion. Love is empathy and compassion. So to the degree that any of this we're talking about has touched you and made you less in love with yourself, then give yourself empathy and compassion and know that one day the wisdom you've gained will be probably exactly the medicine that saves some other soul from committing suicide. Mm. Yeah. And that's super important. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Hi, everybody. How'd you like to have more mellow in your life? Well, I know I could use some mellow and I found a product called Mellow by Ned that actually really does mellow me out, make me feel damn good. And I want you to feel mellow and damn good. So to make sure you understand how to do that, I've got Adrian here from Ned, the creator of the product, to tell us why this product works so well. Adrian, thanks for making a great product. What's unique about it? Yeah, well, my pleasure, Paul. Um, As you know, magnesium is literally an essential mineral in the human body. It's the fourth most abundant mineral in the body, and it regulates over 300 critical functions, including our mood our cardiovascular system, our cognitive function, our sleep, and generally just helping us perform. Meanwhile, according to WHO, nearly 75% of us don't get our recommended daily value of magnesium. And this is due to it being stripped from our food supply, thanks to monoculture and overprocessing of foods. So what that means is if our grandparents ate a carrot in 1940, they would have had four times as much magnesium as we get today. So that's why we got together with our expert team of scientists and formulators to craft the ultimate magnesium supplement that is highly efficacious, approachable, and super tasty. So it's crafted with three highly bioavailable magnesium chelates, one of which is sourced from the clean waters of the Irish Sea and includes a bunch of amazing trace minerals. And Mellow gives us 70% of our daily recommended value in a single serving. It's then supercharged with two vital amino acids, GABA and L-theanine to further elevate our mood and our stress response. So all you really have to do to use it is simply add it to eight ounces of water, and then you get to enjoy calm days, restful nights, and and really what it feels like is a balanced well-being. We have it available in three delicious flavors. It's sugar-free, it's 
non-GMO and free of all the nasty stuff. So all you have to do is go to helloned.com and use the code CHECK, that's C-H-E-K, to get 15% off your first purchase. Plus, every order is backed by your 60-day stress-free guarantee. So if you're not totally in love with Mellow, which I'm pretty sure you will be. Me too. (laughs) We'll give you your money back, no questions asked. So you, you have a very comprehensive course. I've, I've seen the outline. It's 80-something modules. Yeah, it's, it's quite extensive. Everything that if, you've, if you've, you're listening and you're interested in investing in your health and you want to go a little bit deeper on this stuff and you want to have a step-by-step guide, um, which really, you know, our program is called Clear and Free. It's really a, a truly holistic approach to health. Um, the, the subheader <laughs> appropriately is your holistic solution to persistent HPV, where we go into all of the stuff that we've talked about today on a much deeper level. There is over 150 citations. The online course itself is self-guided. Mm-hmm. You're also going to meet with Mimi, meet and, <laughs> with me and Mimi um, <laughs> over six months, a group, group coaching call every single month to make sure that you're really, really well yeah. supported. Um, we've we've put invested so much of our own love and really our time and money into making this because it mm. is there is just a gaping hole out yeah. there for mm. people who are going to the OBGYNs expecting to hear more and really a family the family practitioners as well. So um, the uh, if you wanted to come in to go and check it out, we recommend everybody start with just going to the website. We'll give you that for the show notes um, to download a free ebook. Um, start clearing HPV today. Do you have which, the website right now? Well, it's it's at the Born Free Method, um, but there's a sub page there. That is like kind of some numbers and things. So we'll link it directly in the oh, notes. Okay. Born, Born Free Method is the sort of umbrella university where we're going to be putting courses. And I'm going to make a statement myself about this course. I think this course is really important for parents, especially if you've got kids that are um, puberty level yeah. and moving forward, mm-hmm. high school, junior high school. I mean, if they're ready to explore sex, even if you think they're not, they're probably yeah. more ready than you think you are. I mean, my yeah. mother had me at age 16, and I doubt my grandfather had sat her down for a sex education class. Yeah. And, you know, um, I think that this information is very, very important to parents because, you know, people that are running out getting these vaccines without actually really understanding the research mm-hmm. and understanding the ways that they can not only keep themselves healthy because there's a, I know there's a lot of fantastic health information in your course that would apply to anybody. Yeah. Right. right. So the right. worst thing that'll happen to mom or dad doing this course is they'll get themselves healthy and <laughs> yeah. then share that yeah. with their go children. Figure. Yeah. If you, if you're a parent and you go through this program, you will likely know and understand more about HPV, Gardasil and what you can do about it than Probably ninety nine percent of medical doctors. medical doctors out yeah. there is that fair? Is yeah, that a fair assessment? That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. We got one hour of nutrition education in medical school. That's four years. Cost me five hundred k. I didn't learn squat about lifestyle until I started investing in my own health and really trying yeah. to dial it in. Yeah. And this is my opportunity to really provide some additional tools, which, as I mentioned, I didn't have. I didn't have the. I wasn't incentivized to do that as a conventional doctor. So I had to step away from that and, mm-hmm. and create something that was a definitive guide for people who really want to invest in their own health and, and become empowered with tools that are going to provide lasting health all the way up until the day you die. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is relevant stuff. This is not just for somebody who wants to start having sex, take the course. That's great. But this is relevant to you for your entire life. Yep. 
yeah. your entire life. Your mm-hmm. immune health reflects your overall health, and yeah. we're not doing much to do the to to address the up, up the upstream causes or the root causes of a lot of these dysfunctions. Not um, to mention the fact that this could extend your life. Yeah, mm-hmm. for real. You know. Yeah. yeah. So yep. it means it works for longer. Yeah. Which means it's ultimately less expensive. That's right. Because you get That's more right. per year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'll just take a second to to thank you, Paul, because we, I don't know how many times we reference Paul Check in our, they're going to come out of this You're and be like, damn, you guys course. are really obsessed with Paul Check. This Paul, this like Zeus character <laughs> that's like 62 and ripped. Like why, you know, <laughs> we have a couple pictures of you in there and reference your work. And our, we're teaching people the six foundational principles and the four doctors. And so, just thank you for for your contribution mm-hmm. to this course you know through us mm-hmm. um because it's it doesn't get any more basic than the six foundational principles well yeah that's it. that's it i mean a house is built on the foundation and so is a human body and so is every organism out there so i mean i spent my whole career asking what causes this and you know ultimately i realized that it all boils down to nutrition, hydration, sleep, breathing, thinking, and movement. Yeah. And four doctors, Dr. Happiness, Dr. Diet, Dr. Quiet, and Dr. Movement. There's no such thing as a healthy three-doctor person. Right. Yep. There's no such thing as a healthy person that's got five foundation principles. Yeah. Any one of them can get you in trouble if you're not aware of it and using it. And, and, and so, you know, as a therapist, I always ask the question, what is it that I can do? to help people, regardless of age, sex, sport, what is the foundation that has to be in place to heal from surgery, to heal from orthopedic illnesses, uh, cancers, diseases? And what, what shocked me as I researched and researched and practiced and practiced is that hardly anybody ever gets taught these things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're running and they're getting piles of pills and surgeries and vaccines and nobody's actually taught them how to be healthy. And the problem is, is what surgery is an invasive injury. Yeah, uh, Vaccines can be invasive injuries and toxic. My point is a lot, and even the, the vitamin industry is full of toxins and poisons. So, you know, it really goes back right to the soil yeah. and right back to nature. And when you're spending all your money on all this shit, you're and funding the destruction of nature, which is another big problem because there's the echo, that's the environment. So I ultimately felt the best thing I can do for people is with the Czech Institute is develop an institute that teaches people the foundation of health because once you have that in place, your chances of illness, injury, disease, and premature death are greatly reduced mm-hmm. because it takes life to sustain life. Yeah, yeah. And if you that's don't know right. how to... If you don't know how to cultivate life and life force, then you're cultivating death and death force. And, yeah. and you know, death is a grim reaper. It, it does not play favorites. You either do what it takes to create life and health or you pay the price. Yeah. And the funny thing is, the more you support life, the more alive you are, the easier it is for you to feel love and the more inspiration and motivation to share it with everybody else you have because you cannot stop life from wanting to promote life. Right. Yeah. It inspires you to want to reach out and help people. And one of the problems we have in the world is people have gotten so 
unhealthy that their whole conscious awareness is turned back into themselves as a survival mechanism. So what we get is a is the disease of eye-oriented living yeah. and not sharing. So, you know, I'm grateful that you guys learn from that and use it in your lives and share it because that's really the whole point of my life is mm-hmm. to do that because if if I didn't do that, then I would know that I wasn't healthy. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that a paradox? Yeah. yeah. And the fact that you're here means you're healthy. You have <laughs> you have more life force and more love in you than you need for yourself. And then the weight of knowledge is real. When you understand and can see what's missing, if you don't do something about it, it hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Literally the way, the weight of yeah. knowledge can kill a person. Yeah. That's why the hermit always comes down the mountain. <laughs> the hermit can't stay there levitating on his own. He has to teach everyone else how to do it. <laughs> yeah. So lots of love to all of you guys. There is I, I see you've got a, a discount. Is is that mm-hmm. for the for the living 4D listeners? Yeah. Yeah. So uh we will have a, a discount. We can just make it check if you want. Yeah. Check check ten, I think, is what Penny check said. Check ten. Yeah. Okay. Check so 10. check ten will get you ten percent off of the course. That's C H E K in case you're new to my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we'll have all of the the links ready to go in the show notes uh for you guys. But also you can always reach out to Nathan and Nathan and I. Yeah, uh, you know, if I can be so bold to send people your way to yeah. your Instagram or Nathan to your Riley, email, Nathan Riley O B G Y N or Nathan at BordenFreeMethod.com yeah. is a great way to reach me. And my Instagram is Mimi underscore the medicine, medicine without an e on the end. We're talking about a different type of medicine. <laughs> um, and I answer all of my own DMs. Uh, I take pride in that, and I'm I'm happy to talk to talk to anyone. That's a lot of love right there, baby. <laughs> yeah, baby. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. I hope even the men in the group uh, stuck with it to get educated. And um, I'm grateful we could share this with you. I'm very excited about the um, Immune Immune Intel Intel AHCC. I'm going to leverage Mimi with (laughs) hugs, kisses, and whatever else to let me test that. Oh, yes. Um, so I will also say, last last note here, every person that comes into our program receives their first bottle of Immune Intel completely free. Awesome. So you get 10% for being a Living 40 listener, and you get a bottle of Intel AHCC, which is, you said, $88 value mm-hmm. yeah. for free. And lo and behold, it might help you get even healthier. Absolutely. So that's commitment. Thanks to my sponsors for all your love and support and amazing products and helping make the world a better place. Thanks to all of you for buying anything from the sponsors. It gives me a little commission to support the podcast so I can keep taking time out of my day to hang out with beautiful people that are here to help you. And I look forward to sharing something very exciting and interesting with you just one week from now. Every Tuesday, it's magic. Open up your phone and get something (laughs) useful. Lots of love. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Living 4D with Paul Check and today's guests, Dr. Nathan Riley and Mimi Lindquist. You can get 10% off Nathan and Mimi's new course, Clear and Free, Your Holistic Solution to Persistent HPV, by going to clearhpv.com forward slash check. 
No promo code is needed. Just go to clearhpv.com forward slash C-H-E-K. You can connect with Mimi on Instagram at Mimi underscore the medicine. That's Mimi underscore the M-E-D-I-C-I-N. And with Nathan at Nathan Riley O-B-G-Y-N on Instagram and Nathan Riley MD on Twitter. You can listen to Mimi's podcast, The Medicine Podcast, or Nathan's podcast, The Holistic OBGYN Podcast, on all major podcast platforms. Connect with Paul on Instagram, TikTok, and threads at paul.check, on Twitter at paulcheck, or on his YouTube podcast channel, youtube.com forward slash living4d with Paul Check. Watch more on Paul's blog at paulchecksblog.com or visit the Czech Institute site at checkinstitute.com to find Paul's e-learning courses, advanced training programs, and to learn more about the Czech Academy. You can read the show notes and find links to the resources mentioned in this episode at checkinstitute.com forward slash podcast. This podcast would not be possible without the support of our premier sponsors, Bioptimizers, Organifi, and Paleo Valley, our podcast sponsors, Ned and Wild Pastures, and our preferred product sponsor, Peak Life. Please show your appreciation by taking advantage of their special discounts for listeners. The links are in the show notes. And if you enjoyed today's episode, consider leaving us a five-star rating and a warm review on the podcast platform of your choice. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, and YouTube.